Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and let's get started. We are back with John McBride, the 20-year coach of the U.S. Ski Team and legendary coach in Aspen, Colorado. And welcome back, John. John, what did you learn from uh, your experience? How big a part of your career was, or was it a highlight or not a highlight or just another thing when you worked with Bodie Miller? I would say every, every component of my career was, you know, with different people. Um, You know, Bodie was an amazing, amazing athlete, Um, an uber talent and a very interesting character. Um, he and I agreed to disagree many, many times, but he was very professional in his, uh, in his relationship with me. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a highlight. I think working at a high level with all sorts of different characters and having that opportunity was a highlight, not necessarily one person or another. I think some of the things I learned from Bodie that was really interesting was that he was way more concerned about performing at his highest level versus winning. And that was a unique perspective to learn from somebody that was talented enough to win on any given day. So if he performed at his highest level that he believed and didn't win, he was fine with that. And that's different than many athletes. Well, I used to hear about uh, Tiger Wood. You know, he'd go out and destroy the field. But what he was thinking about was the one or two. He said, I hit one shot today that I was really proud of for myself. You know, I hit one shot today that I felt good about. (laughs) Yep. And I guess that's the same kind of focus. What what did you notice about uh, when you're working with the elite and the uber elite performing athlete, what do you notice that you've, you know, other things you've learned and you you kind of pick, you can't help but pick it up. You know, greatness is caught and not taught. Uh, when you're around and you're able to see the fine line of distinction uh, between, uh, not average, but elite and uber elite type people uh i've always thought it related to how much they uh they cared about it how much they loved it because that <clears throat> that was a key to how hard they drove themselves what have you noticed i think that's for sure a major component of getting to a place where you're willing to make sacrifices in your life to be the best um you got to love what you're doing you got to love the process. You got to love the long hours. You got to love just the journey through the highs and lows to hopefully get to that high point. One thing I would notice, or I have noticed, some of the best athletes in the world, they train, they train at an, an incredibly high level of intensity and focus. Uh, and, and that translates into the way they perform and execute at competition. I think there's 
sometimes there's a mindset that oh it's just training uh it doesn't mean there's no there's no there's no metal at the waiting for me at the bottom of the hill or there's no pressure on my shoulder so it doesn't really matter but for sure i've seen the best athletes um train at at a very very high level and push themselves you know figure out a way to push themselves even with uh with nothing on the line and i think that that <coughs> translates to the ability to, to perform under pressure what are some examples you you know you remember of uh, things like that? Um, I would say that's that's difficult to actually specify. It's it's really more just about the attention to detail, not only with equipment but with inspection, with mental preparation, with warm up, with nutrition, how athletes sleep, all those things like paying attention to the details to put yourself in a place where if it's just a training day, that's not the way they're looking at it. They're looking at this as this is a warm-up or this is preparation for when I'm competing. And so there's a difference of sort of mental approach versus, hey, man, I'm just going to train today and then the race is next week. That's really where I'm going to put all the effort in and I'm going to try harder on that day. That mentality is, is not what you see at the highest level. What have you, uh, along the way, John, you, you, everything doesn't work out normally and on top of things. Have you ever questioned yourself, uh, really questioned yourself, or really been up against the wall where you wonder, uh, you know, you had to wonder, uh, uh, do I want to keep doing this? You know, is this is this for me? Uh, have you ever gone through phases like that? I have. And that was mostly, not mostly, that was 100% due to the environment that I was in. And that was really the only time I questioned my, what I was choosing to do as a, as a career at the time. Because, you know, I have lots of interests and there's a lot of things that I feel like I can do, I'm capable of doing. But I think uh, you got to be a, in a position, at least I can only speak for myself, but... I always had to be working with people that I could see eye to eye with and that I trusted and wanted to work with and enjoyed their company. And I think you're not always going to get that with athletes because you don't choose the athletes you work with. So you're going to get some characters that you enjoy being around and some that you might not, but hopefully you have a respectful relationship and everyone understands that you're still trying to get the most out of everybody. I think the staff piece is especially when you're on the road for nine months of the year. you got to figure out how you can be with a group of people that you, you, know, you support and you know they support you, uh, and you can have a laugh and, I think, make the, make the whole experience positive in that way. And so I was caught up in an environment that was not at all enjoyable. Um, had a couple of martyrs that were I was working with, and never wanted to share in responsibility or load or anything and it just became toxic in a way i i I managed it i focused my energy on the athletes solely but it just was not enjoyable once once i got out of that i recognized how important that environment of your of your team is and how great it can be and i was lucky enough to be part of many teams that were great in that way 
I remember Tim Tebow, someone was asking him when he was playing, it was like why he was so locked in on being positive and focused. He said, well, I know one thing. He said, a positive attitude is contagious, but a negative attitude is even more contagious. <laughs> mm, that's good. And uh, that's kind of the way it is. Uh, we used to, uh, we, I had a teacher one time who had joined our business, and she had taught for like 20 years. And she said, love teaching, love teaching. And then one one year along came little Johnny. <laughs> And little jo- little Johnny was only one kid in one of her classes, but he was so poisonous. She said, "I just quit teaching. I just couldn't put up with it anymore." You know, <laughs> I had to find something else I could do. But talk about when you reach that fork in the road, where like you've gone as far as you can go for whatever reason. It's like it's not quitting. Pe- people a lot of times feel like they've got to keep plodding along. Otherwise they will be a quitter, but you can change direction in your life. I mean, you can change to dire- come to a fork of the road and go left where you've up till now, you've always gone right. And the key to that seems to be John is when you change direction, change careers, change positions that you hit it with the same intensity and positive uh, uh, approach that has worked for you before. Is, is, is uh, that what you found? Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think you have to, you got to tackle new, new, new situations in a way where you, you're trying to number one, you, you're trying to understand it. I think understanding your environment and what you're up against is important no matter what you're doing. And then you got to sort of formulate a plan of what's your goal and what are you trying to figure out and how are you going to get there. Um, but, yeah, for sure. I've made many changes in my life, um, shifted directions a few times. I've, I've left the national team. I've gone back. Most of mine has been based on family and figuring out how to spend time with my kids, and I think everyone can recognize that's an important piece of the whole puzzle. Um, as much as I've loved coaching, even right to this moment, um, I just got into a place where I got two girls in high school and a little guy in sixth grade, and I just want to see them because I know that potentially they might be like, hey, Dad, later. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to see them while I can, and I feel like I put a lot of time and energy into the sport of skiing, and I'm still always going to be a fan, but... Um, I don't, I'm not going to miss the travel. I'll miss the relationship with the athletes and staff. But, yeah, I'll be okay. Well, let me ask you this. Looking to your future, you know, your passion about your family, your, your passion about a lot of things, what are you most, what intrigues you the most about your future right now that you could say, I could get excited about that, or that's what I really want to be doing, or that I've got some curiosity about that, you know, because there, there, you've got to be turned on to uh, to really enjoy life, and so uh, yeah, I can tell now it's 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 fun for you to be around the kids, and you know it's a real thrill to be able to uh, uh, do things with them. Uh, when you're talking about the your career side, your personal side of what you do when they're off doing their things. What, what, 
where does your mind go to? I mean, have you, do you feel like you've been there, done that after 20 years on the road and, uh, of success? It's, it's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, there, there's no, nothing really that, that fires you up or have you got things that really fire you up that intrigue you? There's always things that fire me up. Um, I mean, I still love the sport of skiing. I love being back at the Aspen Ski Club and helping kids. Um, I have a vision that I think I can probably help coaches uh, be better coaches. I think that's maybe something I could help make a difference for people. Um, I have a lot of interests in my own life. I mean, I love working on the ranch. I love animals. Um, I love rebuilding things. So I feel really lucky. Um, I've got a lot of what I love to do right in front of me, even if it's not just skiing. So I feel very lucky um, that I can do that. I can choose to do that. There are lots of things that excite me still. Um, a lot of it is really just figuring out how to enjoy my own passions aside from skiing. Well, so give that's, that's fun for me. Well, uh, how would you tell people who think the only way to have an exciting life is to be famous, a celebrity, make zillions of dollars, uh, win a Super Bowl, win a World Series, have a big glittering trophy uh, on my case? You know, that's that's the only thing that's going to fulfill me or really give meaning to my life. You know, you've been there. You've done that. You've you know, you've helped people uh, achieve those great things. You've had successes yourself. What? Uh, but now you're looking forward and you're getting, it sounds like, as big a thrill out of these other things that don't have a, like you say, a trophy at the end of the line or whatever. It's a thrill of, of doing it, making an impact, seeing your efforts pay off in other people's lives. Yeah, that There's a lot of people out there that need to know you can live a insanely rewarding, exciting, uh, uh, meaningful, valuable life without winning a Super Bowl or winning a gold medal and standing on the uh, the World Cup uh, podium uh, uh, after a ski race. Uh, share share some, you know, we kind of wrap this up. I'm gonna let you go, but let people know that because you're someone who's been there and now you're throwing yourself in with sounds like a lot of fun and a lot of excitement into these other areas of your life that you enjoy just as much and are making an impact in those areas. Talk about the satisfaction, uh, a real satisfaction of life. Cause I just don't think people who never do anything uh, are enjoying life. I mean, I think you've got to get some things done, something done if you're going to mm-hmm. feel good about yourself and you're going to well, be, guess, have energy, you know? Yeah, I guess what I, a couple of things I would say is, um, having done this for a long time, one of the things about being a high-level athlete is as soon as you stop doing it, um, you're pretty much forgotten right away, <laughs> which is okay. It's just the way it is, unless you are Michael Jordan or somebody of that stature, but... Most of the time, even high-level athletes, you know, a year after they quit, um, they're sort of a little bit of a forgotten name. And I think that is, that's actually tough on athletes. There's a lot of athletes that have very programmed lives and 
a lot of people making decisions for and helping them navigate, you know, their world. And then when that stops, all of a sudden they're a little bit lost and they're caught in this place where they're having to go figure out what they're going to do. And they have to figure out what else they might like in life other than the sport that they've put time and energy and blood into. Um, I think for me the most the most rewarding part for me is is friends and family and being able to kind of nurture those relationships. I think having had a career where I've been gone a lot, you recognize and, and um, for sure I, I really that was something I missed. That was one of the things I missed a lot. <clears throat> so I think that's an important piece. And I think for me, figuring out ways to give back, whether it's a piece of knowledge or maybe it's your time. For some people, maybe it's money. Um, that's that's a, a very rewarding piece of the puzzle. For me, it generally tends to be towards kids. And then... Uh, what else could I tell you? I think um, I think fulfillment is different to many, many people. Now, for some people, living a fulfilled life is making a lot of money. And for somebody else, fulfillment might be finding time and time to have a quiet walk and get in nature. For somebody else, it might just be figuring out the balance between their friends and their family and their work. I think that's probably an important thing for anybody to figure out. Like, what is what is fulfillment to you? And what makes you happy? And if you can figure those things out and you can figure out how to figure out a job around that, then I think you can have a really enjoyable life. Find the things that you love doing and make time for them and figure out how to be where you want to be and do a job, uh, figure out a job that you can work around those things. And I feel like most of the time, if you can do that, you probably have a smile on your face. Yeah, that's fantastic, John. Well, well said. And uh, it's great to count you as a, uh, a new friend. And it's great to see you really earning the right, you know, coming back from from this kind of life to, you know, kind of where you started and passing on those same values that were passed on to you and being able to verbalize this to people really all over the world who will be listening to the podcast. And what you're talking about, John, you are giving back. So I appreciate you taking the time to uh, do this with me. And I'm looking forward to uh, the next time we can get together and talk. So uh, I wish you all the best. Uh, any last comments you want to pass on to people, that, any thoughts bouncing around in your head to, uh, to as we wrap this up? I guess it's a great opportunity to figure out those, those little activities that you that everyone always wants to do but never had the time to do or made the time to do now that we've got this crazy virus spinning around the world. So I would encourage everyone to go uh, find that little activity that they always intended on doing at home, and now they can. 
yeah, you know, for once we've got a, uh, we've got, uh, we're forced to take some time to think, <laughs> you know, so uh, might as well use it to our advantage, right? Uh, thanks so much. Tell me that. Thank, thanks so much, John. This has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you have, too. And uh, You have a great day, Larry. All right. Thanks so much, man. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind with me, Larry Wydell. If I've helped you in any way, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. For more information like this, listen to our other Million Dollar Mastermind episodes. And check out my Wydell Academy YouTube channel and visit us on WydellOnWinning.com. I'm the Million Dollar Mastermind, and until next time, go, go, go.